0: Hello everybody and hello to 2021. Aren't you ready for 2020 to be over? What a year we had to put up with a lot. A pandemic, lockdowns, not being able to get together with whomever we please or travel wherever we please, having to wear those annoying masks. It's been quite a year. I'm thankful for the discovery of effective vaccines and the prospect sometime in 2021, of not having to put up with some of those restrictions anymore. Hang on a little longer. The Apostle Paul stated in 1 Corinthians 9.12, We put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. It's difficult to put up with all that the previous year brought us. Where does Paul find ability to put up with or Cope with or persevere through anything rather than hinder the good news about Jesus. This isn't a full-blown sermon, just a short introduction to an interview I did recently with Cheryl, who's from our area and returning as a cross-cultural worker to a country far away that's not very receptive to Christian missionaries. As you listen to the interview, watch for various things Cheryl has had to learn to put up with. She talks about going to a strange country where there's lots of pollution and crowding and the internet goes down often. Would you volunteer to go to a place with bad pollution like, say, Mexico City, which is notorious for its poor air quality, for example? When I was a missionary with Christian Blind Mission in Congo, Brazzaville, a hot, humid country on the equator, my Salvation Army boss there observed, Isn't it interesting how many missionaries get called to go to Kenya? Kenya, although tropical, has higher elevations, so the temperatures are cooler and more bearable. Cheryl also mentions other difficulties. She suffered an abusive childhood due to an alcoholic father. That can be traumatic for children. At best, suffering neglect because the parent is preoccupied with their addiction. At worst, being subjected to physical and verbal abuse when the parent lashes out. Then more recently, when she was home on furlough, she broke her ankle and was laid up for about a year, much longer than she had planned to be out of the country. Yet she redeemed the time by writing a book, Crushed Innocence, A Journey Into Promise. So with God's help, Cheryl was able to turn a setback, into fruitful productivity, resulting in an item that can bless others who will read it and relate to her journey and hopefully discover God's remedy for their pain. How do we learn to put up with anything rather than hinder what God's aiming to accomplish in our lives shaped by the gospel? Remember who's writing these words in our passage. Back in chapter 4, Paul gives a brief summary of what his experience as an apostle has been like. It's no rose garden. 1 Corinthians 4, 9, 11-13 For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. To this very hour we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. Gee, do you think Paul understood a thing or two about having to put up with hardship? In the closing verses of chapter 9, we find three clues to Paul's motivation that can also spur us on today. First, our lives of endurance influence others towards the kingdom. We rub off on others. Our witness in adversity can be a powerful inspiration to others to likewise put their trust in God no matter what happens. Verse 22 says, To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all means, possible means, I might save some. This parallels 9.19, just previous. I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. Jesus calls us to make disciples, to invite others to follow him. Our sacrifices and endurance become an advertisement for him, so others may be won for the kingdom and be saved. That's a big part of why Cheryl's located where she is so far away, to to be a witness and win others to Jesus in a culture that largely is ignorant of the faith. Second, putting up with hardship can bring blessing in the present. 9.23 says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. There are few greater experiences in the Christian walk than seeing someone else become born anew, in part due to our witness. The apostles put up with so much suffering in their travels, but they also got to see churches started, believers' lives transformed. The burden can be a doorway to blessing. Jesus taught, Acts twenty thirty It is more blessed to give than to receive. Giving, like enduring, serving in the hard places, can prepare us to to receive a sense of blessing from the Lord right now. Third, those who put up with hard service are rewarded with a prize hereafter. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. And verse 27, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. The Bible teaches we will stand before Christ's judgment seat to receive what's due for our deeds in this life, 2 Corinthians 5.10. That helps us keep pressing on when it's tough slogging and our flesh cries out for us to quit. Here now is my 16-minute interview with Cheryl recorded back in early November. She flew back November 15th. The journey back took 27 hours, including 8 hours at the arrival airport going through procedures, followed by mandatory two weeks of quarantine, but eventually she made it without serious incident. She would appreciate your prayers for her situation as she gets caught up with her students. I hope you'll be as encouraged by her example as I was. Well, we're speaking today with Cheryl, who's a cross cultural worker in an Asian country. Good to have you with us, Cheryl.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share with you today.
0: And uh, to start off, uh, for those who don't know you, can you tell us a bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up? I guess that's the Lord's call both to himself and to uh, the work you do, uh, how you serve in your location.
1: Sure. Yes. Um Yeah, I grew up in Clinton. And um, that's where I did my elementary high school. And uh, I made a salvation commitment when I was 10 years old. But it was actually 20 years later at the age of 30 that I made a serious commitment to being a follower of Jesus. And um when I, I guess when I first read about the Great Commission, it really jumped off the page for me. The very first time I read it at the age of 30, I knew that, you know, God was calling me. So I began to pray then about where to go and um, how to serve him. But it was over a period of probably four to five years of him just working in my life, my heart, my character, um, people passing books on to me like Hudson Taylor's book and other M books and, uh, and uh, significant people just guiding me, giving me training. And then eventually, yes, came up. Uh, I I had a roommate that was from. And so it was about a period of five years and doing some short term uh, outreaches um, that was part of God guiding me to my country of service.
0: Mm. Well, thank you. That's good background for us. Um, has the focus of your work there shifted over the years, and, and what's a typical day for you look like?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I've I've been in Asia since 1996, and uh, I've had various roles. Um, I've served as a team leader. I was the a language coordinator and coach for language culture programs. So. That was for new workers that came in. I was part of helping them get set up in their language program, culture training. I've uh, also, of course, done English teaching. My background is I'm a qualified teacher. So I've done a lot of English teaching. And most recently, over the last 14 years, it's been two roles, um, teaching English and um, working with returnees. And returnees are... The ones that um, have come overseas to Canada, North America, for example, and studied or worked. And then they come back to my country of service as new believers often. And so we uh, take them into our fellowship and train them, do Bible studies with them, and a lot of mentoring as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, What are some of the challenges serving there compared to living here in Canada?
1: Yes, um, I would say one of the big challenges that's always there is technology and internet access. Um, we often have our internet interfered with or shut down sometimes for days at a time and um, and of course we cannot you know access a lot of the sites that we would have here in Canada without a VPN and And then our VPN sometimes doesn't work either. Um, So just the whole area of communication, not being able to, you know, communicate openly with people back in Canada. Um, And as far as ministry goes, uh, now there's more restrictions in my country of service. And these restrictions have been there and growing probably the last two, three years. And restrictions mean like, you know, within the church, and uh, with believers not being allowed to meet in large groups so we've had to change how we do ministry more one-on-one small groups very small groups changing our meeting places and our meeting times so that we don't draw attention to ourselves um as far as the living environment challenges um that's not so much a problem for me anymore because I've lived there for almost 25 years. So I'm used to things like pollution, dirt, noise, crowds, but yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pandemic will probably make a little bit of difference too, going back into that setting.
1: Yes. Yes. Now I've been hearing from friends and colleagues that, that are in the country right now that um, things are fairly back to normal probably more so back to normal there than in North America. Um, They seem to have, you know, gotten things under control. There's like a few outbreaks that have happened, like in different parts of the country, but a lot of that has been from imported cases, um, foreigners that have come back into the country. And um, so, yes, um, but um, definitely the pandemic um, has, you know, changed things, you know, for that country as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, can you share with us some of the developments in people's lives that you find encouraging in your ministry?
1: Sure. Um, yeah. And I think, um, partly because like, I have a lot of long-term relationships there now because I've been there for such a long time, t- over 20 years. And, um, with my teaching, I've, uh, I have a lot of students, former students, um, and students that say accepted the Lord, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and that I still keep in touch with. So it's been really good, you know, in a twofold way, you know, to, to be a part of seeing them come to the Lord, you know, um, bringing them to that awareness of who God is. And we, we really do you know, talk to them about God first as the creator, because evolution is such a big part of the education system there. I have found that just talking about Jesus right off the start is not as effective yeah. as, you know, helping them to understand that God, the creator first, and then the son of God, Jesus. So um, so it's been wonderful to see them come to that awareness and then become believers and you know often three, five, seven years is what I've noticed is it takes for many of them to really get established in their faith mm-hmm. and also, a lot of my students that I taught, especially in the first seven, eight years, are living in Canada now. They immigrated here and are in Ottawa, Toronto, Windsor, B.C., Saskatchewan, and we still keep in touch. And it's great to see how they have, they're serving, you know, they're in churches where they're serving. And so that's always encouraging to to be able to watch the progression of someone coming to the Lord and growing and and then moving into a place of serving in the church themselves. yeah.
0: The ones that uh, you become believers, uh, generally are they able to find a fellowship to plug into back in country once they leave be being near you?
1: It's uh, So what happens with that? Yeah, that's a good question, because we usually have a one-year transition period. Like when they come back, uh, we have our own fellowship groups, so um, they stay in the fellowship group for a year where we do a lot of intensive training and Bible studies. And, um, and, and during that year, we introduce them to the options of whether they go to, say, a government church or a, a, a local home church. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, because we just find that sometimes they're not quite ready to go into the local setting because they don't really understand it (laughs) so yes and also part of it is they haven't really learned to be a servant yet Mm. many of them so that's a big part of our training is you know that God's brought you back here to serve your own people Um, Mm. because some of them when they've been to say the UK or North America and they've had more of a comfortable you know lifestyle and they've been really loved on a lot by family our family oriented churches so um, yeah so sometimes they come back with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder um, mm-hmm. so yeah so we we uh, spend quite a bit of time yeah in our fellowship groups
0: on that please tell us a bit about the book you wrote and how people can get a copy if they're interested and what led you to write it
1: Okay, yes. Um, yeah, that happened in 2016. Um, the book is called Crushed Innocence, A Journey into Promise. And um, I uh, i actually wasn't planning on writing it when it happened, but I came back to Canada for a one-year furlough. I was taking a writing course at the time, and the third week into the writing course, I broke my ankle. <laughs> and um, so um, I was laid I was laid up really for a year with that. And so that just, God just used that time of being, you know, stationary and to, to get me to write it. Um, but I, I had been encouraged to write this book probably for about 20 years almost by a couple close friends that knew me well. Uh, and um, and I, I did feel that it would be written at some point in time and to encourage, especially women, and so the book is really a story. It's my it's a memoir, but it's a story of God's redemption. And it starts in my childhood, uh, growing up in a dysfunctional family with an alcoholic father. And um, so just how I responded to that as a child and what happened to me as a child being in that environment. So how I responded as a child, as a teenager... And then I go on to talk about, you know, how I came to the Lord. And then after my conversion was the healing journey of how Mm. God healed me, delivered me from bondage, from darkness, and really, you know, set me free to be able to discover my life purpose and embrace my real new identity in Christ. And, um, so i the takeaway from the book is um your past does not define you so i yes i've had a lot of good feedback from people that have read it that i've never even met you know that have just emailed me to say how it has helped them to work through issues of forgiveness or issues of lack of trust because of something that happened to them so yes, um, it's um, available on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, mm-hmm. in paperback form or on Kindles, ebook. And um, but actually, there are about thirty copies of the book in Clinton at Heartland Church. Mm-hmm. So that's another I could share that information with you, Pastor. Like if people want to just actually get a copy without ordering it through Amazon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like a fascinating journey and really brings out the aspect of being new creatures in Christ. Like it gives you a new identity and uh, the old old things are gone, the new has come.
1: Amen. Yes.
0: I'm sure some of those watching this will probably relate to some of your groups there and may find that helpful Uh uh-huh yes well another question what are the most vital areas people can be praying about for you as you prepare to go back
1: um yes thank you i i would say the uncertainties of traveling back during covid um i think it's going to be a long journey my i fly out on november 15th and um There will be delays and, you know, COVID tests, you know, at the airport when we arrive and all those things. So just, um, yeah, just the journey back. Um, And then quarantine in the hotel for two weeks. Uh, Just that that would be a productive use of time. And and then I go back to work like about two days after my quarantine finishes. So I'll be face-to-face teaching again. I'm looking forward to that, but it will be... It'll be, uh, yeah, uh, an adjustment. And uh, and just, yeah, again, for my ministry that I do there, that opportunities with students and follow-up with people I haven't seen for almost nine months now that I've been back here in Canada. Yeah.
0: It'll be, be fun catching up with some of your uh, friends and contacts you've made there, and that'll be kind of a fun, uh, yes, fun time for, for, for sure. you. So, mm-hmm. Uh, And the best way for people to keep in touch with your ministry or support you, maybe you can share that by email with the congregation or whatever, anything you want to comment
1: on? Yes. um, Yeah. If anyone wants to be like on my regular prayer list, like I send out a prayer letter every two months and that's done through a prayer secretary here in Canada. So um, if anybody wants to receive that prayer letter, I can add their email address to that list. So, um probably best before i leave but um to get that to me but if not um even if i just did it through you pastor dow like you know if you sent me the email addresses, and i could send that to my email secretary in canada here and they could go on the list yeah um, otherwise, you know, if, if people feel led to support financially, that would be through my organization in Toronto, which again, through you would be best mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. share that or they could, you know, contact you and I can, you know, my organization mm-hmm. name. So, yes, right. Yes.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. Support level. Are you nearly fully subscribed or?
1: Um, three quarters um, half, saw- or? yeah my support has dipped down which is not surprising because i've I've been in canada for an extended period of time and it's you know the cost of living and everything is much higher here than so um my um cost yeah the it i'm probably at like 83 to 84 mm-hmm. percent
0: right uh, now we're, we're yeah. there for extra donations so uh, yeah those that are that are listening well maybe you'll move to come alongside and support you yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, as we close, could I pray for you? Would that be all right? Yes, thank you. Lord, we thank you for uh, calling Cheryl and uh, equipping her for the work she's doing and the lives that she's uh, touching with your grace. And uh, we pray for your protection for her as she returns, uh, not only with regard to pandemic, but also security concerns, and just to help her work the fulfilling and uh, to have a great effect in the country where she serves. Thank you for her faithfulness and her servant attitude. And uh, just uh, go with her, we pray, and uh, help others come alongside our uh, partner with her in Jesus. Amen. Thank
1: Amen. you for your Thank time you. with
0: us today and uh, look forward to uh, people seeing us and uh, asking more about you. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless.